Hello there. My name is Father John Harrison. I am Rector Superior of St. John Newman Residence at Stella Maris in Timonium, Maryland. In today's gospel passage, Jesus lays down the conditions for true kinship. It is not solely a matter of flesh and blood. It can happen that a man is really nearer to someone who is no blood relation to him at all than he is to those who are bound to him by the closest ties of kin and blood. In what does this true kinship consist? True kinship lies in a common experience, especially when it is an experience where two people have really come through things together. It has been said that two people really become friends when they are able to say to each other, Do you remember? And then go on and talk about the things that they have experienced together. Someone once met an old black woman. An acquaintance of her had, hers had died. You will be sorry, he said, that Mrs. So-and-so is dead. Yes, she said, but without showing any great, really, great grief. I saw you just last week, he said, laughing and talking with each other. You must have been great friends. Yes, she said, I was friendly with her. I used to laugh with her, but to be a real friend's Folks have to, got to, have to weep together. That is profoundly true. The basis of true kinship lies in the common experience, and the Christians have a common experience of being forgiven sinners. True kinship lies in a common interest. A. M. Shergwin tells us a very interesting thing in the Bible of world evangelism. One of the great greatest difficulties that booksellers and distributors of the scriptures have is not so much to sell their books as to keep people reading them. He goes on, a bookseller in pre-communist China had for years been in the habit of going from shop to shop and from house to house, but he was often disappointed because many of his new Bible readers lost their zeal until he hit upon a plan of putting them in touch with one another and forming them into a worshiping group, which in time became duly organized church. Only when these isolated units become part of a group which is bound together by a common interest did real kingship uh, come into being. Christians have that common interest because they are all people who desire to know more about Jesus Christ. True kingship lies in common obedience. The disciples were a very mixed group. All kinds of beliefs and opinions were mixed up among them. A tax collector like Matthew and a fanatical nationalist like Simon the Zealot ought to have hated each other like poison and no one, no doubt, at one time did. But they were bound together because both had accepted Jesus Christ as Master and Lord. Any platoon of soldiers will be made up of men from different backgrounds and from different walks of life, and holding very different opinions. Yet, if they are long enough together, they will be welded into a band of comrades because of the common experience that they all share. Men 
can become friends with each other when they have a share of common master. Men can love each other only when they all love Jesus Christ. True kinship lies in a common goal. There is nothing for binding men together like common aim. Here there is a great lesson for the church. The churches will never draw together so long as they argue about the ordination of their ministers, the form of church government, the administration of the sacraments, and all the rest of it. The one thing on which they can all come together is the fact that all of them are seeking to win people for Jesus Christ. If kinship comes from a common goal, then Christians, above all, men possess its secret. For all are seeking to know Christ better and to bring others within his kingdom. Whatever, wherever else we differ, on that we can agree. That's today's message. May God bless you and have a great day.